You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, this is this is going to be fine. I, I like this podcast is going to be great. Just just I have a great feeling about this. Yeah, uh, there's going to be no issues whatsoever. This is we're starting on time. We're starting on time. Everything's great. We're going to talk about Arena, a game mode of which I play. I played historically a long time ago, a decent amount. Uh, not 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 too much these days, but. Just like how sportscasters are sometimes ex-players, that's that's me. Okay, I'm mm. I'm, I'm I'm that guy. But we mm. actually, we actually do have a, a lot to talk about. They released a new core set, <clears throat> and whenever we talk about the expansion, before we know about the core set, we always say you got to wait for the core set, right? You got to wait for the core set. Yeah. You got to see what neutrals are coming out, because when uh stuff is in the core set like venomous scorpid um that changes the meta a lot right there are certain common neutrals that are going to really shape the meta so let's see what we got in store for 2023 we're gonna go through the neutrals and we're gonna go through the really important class cards uh some of which are going to be pretty frustrating i know i i got my complaints ready for quite a few of them yeah, so so Scorpion's not in neutral. Like it wasn't last year either. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying if okay. it is in neutral, that's like a huge deal, neutral, right? That's okay. a yeah. If it yes. is in neutral, it's like a huge deal. I'm just saying so, that would be like the biggest bomb, right? Like yeah. if if it were in, that would be like the biggest neutral bomb. Um, <laughs> and because like if it's just a normal three drop, and by normal three drop, I mean like basilisk, right? If it's just mm. just like a basilisk. Nobody gives a damn anymore. Like Basilisk, yeah. you're you're whatever these days. Um, but if they were to put Scorpid into the core set, whoa, we have a ton to talk huge about. Change, yeah, huge, yeah. huge change. Yep. In fact, the the panda has been in the rotation for so long that when they first released the core set ones, and I didn't notice the panda was leaving the core set, I was like, oh my god, we're gonna have to deal with another year of panda. And then uh, uh, someone told me that the panda was actually not in the core set. Which just means Stormwind has been in the rotation forever. For freaking ever. That I can't even remember the last time we had a meta without Stormwind. But anyway, uh, good news is neither of those cards are, are actually in, in the core set. So hopefully we get some rotations and we get some of those sets coming out for the arena. Because if you remember from last week's podcast and just from looking at all the neutral cards, all the neutral cards for the upcoming set, um, Legends, um, has been released, by the way. So, we know there's no, not going to be any more surprises, but there are a lot, a lot of Discover cards uh, coming in, including ones that are so powerful that we think, that I think it will get banned immediately, Merps doesn't, but uh, regardless, it's good that the only way Scorpid and Panda uh, and Vizier uh, are going to make it is if they are actually in the rotation. Um... Yeah, let's let's continue on with the neutral set. Uh, just to like, we're just gonna go over the core set here. We're not gonna go over every single change, everything coming in, everything going out. A lot of things come in, a lot of things go out. It's not uh, it, it just kind of doesn't matter right now. Like you look at the cards going out, like Acidic Swampoos is going out, Lone Champion is going out, Dark Iron Dwarf is going out, Cobalt Scalebane is going out, Panther is going out. Like, do they matter? Yeah, kinda, but no. 
No, they don't. None of these cards really matter when they're going out or coming in. Murloc Tinyfin's going out, Mistress of uh, Mixtures. Like, they just form the backbone of the game you're going to play. But the game, including last year, uh, when the course that first came out was very impactful, was in the course that are not. These days, it's really not that impactful what's in the course that are not, especially when we have a standard rotation. In those times, what, what is actually forming the game are those rotations. Because as good of cards you're going to put into the core set, they're not really, especially the neutrals, they're not really supposed to, and they don't, uh, compete with actual expansion cards. So, there are some exceptions. Um, the two, the, the only two that, that I found was, one, one of the cards coming in is Royal Librarian. Royal Librarian is the 4-mana 3-4 tradable Battlecry Silence of Minion card that was pretty damn good every single time that it's been in the meta. And this is part of the Stormwind set that I keep talking about how it has like never left Arena. And you see a lot of the Stormwind cards make it into the core set this time around. And even from uh, from, from uh, last core set that didn't then leave. So there's just a lot of Stormwind cards in the core set right now. So not only is this very impactful because it is a very usable... Um, uh, silence, um, rip Spellbreaker. <laughs> now we have the more powerful Spellbreaker that's unnerfed and totally okay. But on top of all that, they buffed him. He's now 4-4. So Royal Librarian is now a 4-4 card that is tradable and also silences a minion. Which immediately makes it one of the best neutral cards in the neutral commons in the entire game. Not to mention, silencing in general is kind of problematic for Hearthstone. There was this big design kerfuffle, uh, like maybe less than a year after the game was released, maybe a year after the game was released, where the design team basically said, oh, it makes everything unfun, we're not going to make any more silence cards, especially not in neutral. And then they nerfed Owl, and then they nerfed, uh, they, yeah, uh, they got rid of uh, Spellbreaker. Uh, so, this is definitely, like, a, a design change. Yeah, um, this is one of those things, uh, that y you're just gonna see, um, a ton of Royal Librarians, because you should pretty much always pick it. Um, there's not much drawback or downside anymore, and especially... If you've just seen the way that Royal Librarian has been trending, uh, that silence is more valuable than ever before. Mm -hmm. um, that silence is fantastic. Uh, tradable is fantastic as well. And remember, with the finale cards, tradable is really mm -hmm. freaking good. Um, having that one mana that you want to use, uh, in addition to your typical two mana hero power, I understand, not for all classes, but most classes, two mana. So... Two mana hero power, one mana tradable, you can get that finale off just by, you know, using these, uh, like one or both of these to, to some extent. Um, so yeah, Royal Librarian just shoots up in value significantly because of the buff, because of the way Silence has been getting more and more valuable, and because uh, tradable has gotten even more value because of the finale cards. Uh, so yeah. Good job, Royal Librarian. You are now just one of the best neutrals. And um, I'm not saying it's like an always pick because it's going to go up against some certain class cards, which are really freaking good. But you're going to pick this um, 
even more often than you did before. And, and I understand some people thought it was already uh, like getting to be a premium um, because of the way the meta was shifting. So yeah, like this is now an A tier card. Like this is now a card that should be banned. Like that's the level. Like <laughs> I think should be banned. That's that's the level that it has risen to. Uh, we'll see how much of a problem it is. It's like a vaguely reactive card. Um, yeah, it, it's not pushing but, the boundaries. It's yeah, stopping it, things from happening. But, right. But yeah. Right. But like it's it's just like I don't know. Like is um is, is Scorpion's an A tier card, right? Um, uh, what oh, I keep blanking on the name. Um, the the the, the three twos that um, that gets um, plus two plus two for mana thirst uh and and taunt and and divine shield like that's a very very low a that's like the lowest possible a tier card like royal librarian is more along that line but that's all the neutral cards that are allowed these days all the other neutral cards that go above that are banned or nerfed to hell with the exception of scorpid like cards and then that line that they seem to have which is like the in our book it's the lowest possible a they just basically drew the line a little bit higher than us. Um, and Royal Librarian is right there now. Like, I, I don't think we can undersell, or we can oversell this card and how good it is in any upcoming meta that is a standard or mostly standard meta. Yeah. The, the, the count, like, man, if you want to count a Royal Librarian, just all Yetis and Pit Fighters. Boom. <laughs> and then it's only a 4 4 tradable against your yetis and, and pit fighters which is still not that bad which is still pretty uh, good true there's there's really no um so yeah so this is gonna be a card i you know it's a silence it's it's gonna be more annoying than it is gonna be problematic because the swing is only a counter swing potential it doesn't have a actual swing potential um so it's one of the more in control cards, and I feel like if you go by feel, it's not going to feel powerful. But then you go by win rate, and it's going to be very powerful. Yes. Um, well, this is one of those classic cards that prevents you from losing, right? Like this, yes. if you're winning a lot, um, you know, I mean, this certainly could help, right? Like, let's say they would have gotten a huge taunt out, mm -hmm. um, which may have stopped you, may have, but a lot of the times it's like. Oh shoot, this paladin just like double buffed on turn three and turn four and is now wanting to hit my face. Um, okay, I can stop this, you know, prevent them from just killing me on turn five. Uh, I can stop, you know, this double buff and actually play the game, right? Now we can actually play the game back and forth. And, and in fact, I silenced it down to like a two three instead of the, the whatever, like eight ten that it was. Uh, so yeah, like, um, I also agree the win rate of this card is going to be insane. Um, I don't think people complain about this, right, for the reasons that you talked about. Um, and I don't think that this is problematic in in a lot of sense. Um, and in fact, it's... This... I mean, the aggro player in you would definitely not think that this is problematic. Uh, no, this is not problematic at all. Please, please. Uh... No, this is fine. Um, I, I think, like, you know, for... Okay, because... No matter what is sort of the most prominent neutral cards or the most powerful neutral cards in the set, isn't Royal Librarian being one of the most powerful ones, like, the most okay? Right? Kind of, but, like, yeah. why do they buff it? Okay, they well, yeah, fine. I mean, yeah, and they did. completely didn't... unnecessary. It's just, like, they're making problems that they didn't really need to make. And, uh, I don't know, Arena's basically gotten to the point where before, your silences were, like, supremely effective in Constructed. And, like, pretty damn good in arena 
nowadays arenas gotten to the point where your silences are like just as effective in arena as they are in constructed if not more so because you get that push potential like here's the other thing with uh royal librarian it's a common it's a neutral it's going to be in every single set that comes out it's going to be everywhere you're going to be offered two of them you're probably going to pick two of them um like 1.5 uh, depends on how many sets that they release at a time, right? Like the last rotation had like six major sets. Normally they have four. Uh, so hopefully they settle on six or at least five and they don't go back to four because I like six. And I think most people like what they saw in the last rotation in terms of uh, dilution. Uh, that six really works a lot better than four. Um, so anyway, uh, Royal Librarian... Um, is going to make taunt a lot worse across the board because the taunt that was going to save you from death now has a much lower percent chance of being of saving you well, from death because everybody has royal librarian there's also the buffed black knight <laughs> yeah okay i guess we'll have to talk about it i didn't really want to talk about the buff black knight because i hate black knight but okay black knight is back it's still a legendary card, so I didn't want to talk about it. But if you guys remember Black Knight, it used to be like a 6-mana, 4-5 um, battle cry, destroy an enemy minion with taunt. And there's a big argument on whether it was the best card ever, or it was like trash because you had to hold it for way too long waiting for a taunt. Um, and the reality was that it just ended up being like a vaguely okay card. Because... Both sides are right. It, it is the best card ever in a significant percentage of situations, but you have zero control over what situations those are. And until that happens, you are just holding a pretty dead card in your hand. Um, it's now a 4-mana four 4-4. Four, four. Battle Cry, destroy an enemy minion with taunt. And it's undead. It's got a tag oh, yeah, too. And, and it's undead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was always undead. It now has a tag. That uh, uh, sure, sure. Now <laughs> something exists to validate what it used to be. But now yeah. now what he used to be and still is matters. Let's say that. Yes. Yes. Um, um, which is significantly yeah. better than a 6-mana 4-5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it still like the... You know, is it one of those brokenly problematic uh, uh, cards in the arena? No, it's not. The power level of legendaries has become insane right black knight was like a super old school card so um this is all fine like but it is something to look at because it's a huge swing card it is a huge swing card it's also naturally kind of capped by the fact that if you actually play it on four when the four four actually like kind of matters um you're not killing a very big taunt you could get like this swing of like opponent plays a, a you know, like a four mana taunt minion, you destroy it and put a four four out. Oh my god, what a big swing! True, uh, but it's recoverable in the normal standard meta. Yep, uh, they brought back a lot of cards that are just sort of okay slash not even that great, um, and especially for some of the legendaries, I'm surprised they didn't make them better. Like, yeah, if Doctor Boom were six mana now, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a standard <laughs> legendary card in twenty. I think people are just going to be happy that they bring Dr. Boom back. Because that was that's like the problematic card. Um, and they didn't really have to buff it or anything. Same with Zilliax, right? Like Zilliax So Zilliax a... was problematic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Doc... And, and the thing with Zilliax is like, you know, it's always got potential to... Like, Dr. Boom is what it is. It's like a lot of stats, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of split mm -hmm. stats. 
uh, Ziliax is a little bit different, so I understand if you don't touch it there. Dr. Boom, I don't know, just, just make a six, uh, I mean, don't make a six mana, right? Don't make a six mana, <laughs> put it into Arena, and have nobody play it in Constructor still. But um, it also just goes to show, like, nobody gives a damn about seven mana Dr. Boom anymore. Yeah, I mean, in Arena, it's still really good. It's still a whole ton of stats, right? It's but it's still it's not, good. It's just it's yeah, just yeah. good now. Yes. Um, but you can like, list... Like, Dr. Boom S tier? I don't even know. I gotta, like... No. I think we did a math at some point. I think it was just, like, no. A. No, right? no, no, no. There's no way it's S tier. Yeah. There, no, there's no freaking way. Colossal minions are there, you know? Mm, well, okay, Colossal minions are S plus plus Okay, plus yeah, plus. sure. So... Um, no, but, no, 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 no. Dr. Boom is... Definitely not S tier, in, okay. in my opinion. I, I didn't no. do the math on it yet, but like, we did it far from ago, it. and it was like not problematic. Um, so I, in my head, it was not problematic, which means it's probably not S tier. It may be A plus tier, but it's at least A. I like. Would you take a Doctor Boom or would you take a Night Captain? I would take a Doctor Boom. Would you think about it? I would yes. think about yes. it. Yes, I would definitely think about it. Right? Oh, okay. That that says a lot, right? That says a lot. Okay, that says a lot. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's probably A tier. And, uh, okay, so the other uh, legendary that came back is Rag. Ragnaros is back, the original Ragnaros. Uh, he has not changed, and he is not good. He, he's just back for funds. He's just <laughs> back. Well, he's back because there are some cars that, uh, like, you know, shout out to Rag as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess that they didn't want to just have cards that generate or turn into rag but not have rag itself i don't know whatever that's fine no okay so those are the big legendaries coming back the legendaries leaving are are the um the the adventure people the what what do they call themselves again it's it's sir finley brian elise reno um i know people keep making reno jokes but reno happened very very infrequently and when it happened, it oh, mattered. What, the League of Explorers? Less. There we go, the League of Explorers. Oh, okay. Yeah. They call them the Adventure Club. Um, okay, so so that's kind of the, the rundown on the neutral sets. Like, some stuff is changing, but the big thing to know really is Royal Librarian. And I guess, like, have a, a don't be too freaked out when these big legendaries pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to mention about the neutral set that's coming in is, and we kind of touched upon it when we talked about Zilliacs being back, Magnetic is back. Or, sorry, not back. Magnetic is in the core set for the first time as kind of just a keyword. And in addition to just putting these magnetic minions uh, in, because um, remember, magnetic was from uh, Boomsday, uh, and so it was a while ago. They also buffed these cards. So the three magnetic minions besides Zilliax coming in is one, Replicating Menace, which is a 3 2 minion now death rattle summon three one one microbot still four mana and it is magnetic that's a lot of stats that's like more stats than you're supposed to get uh war gear five mana six five mech which is normal stats on curve magnetic so if you are buffing something it's a real big buff and then probably the most interesting one bronze gatekeeper your old three mana one five taunt is now three mana two five taunt, which makes it a totally not just like serviceable, but a good three drop in and of itself. And then it also has the magnetic tag. So all of your mechs that exist now, especially your smaller mechs, are super dangerous on the board now to these guys. I mean, not super dangerous, right? I'm exaggerating of how much power these things will actually have, but it is one more thing for you to like 
worry about. And um, I think that's interesting because they're they're just kind of making mechs interesting in the game again. Yay! I don't know. I mechs just aren't that interesting. The whole magnetic thing is, it's not really that interesting. I don't know. Like it's it, a neutral mechanic. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, these are in. Watch out for them. Um, and uh, if you're wondering, like, oh, am I ever going to draft these cards? You are. Like, War Gear, questionable, but Bronze Gatekeeper is going to be probably an average card in your deck, even in the standard meta. And Replicating Menace is going to be an above-average card in your deck, even in the standard meta. That's without Magnetic. So, if you have some mech synergies, they'll be even better than that. And if you have a wild meta, they're going to be super good. All right, we're talking about um, classes. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's go down the classes. Um, we're gonna do a quick rundown of the classes. We're not talking about every single just, thing that just moved. the notable important. Stuff. Yeah, we're especially not gonna talk about the legendaries that moved. A lot of legendaries got swapped around. Um. So. Let's start with Demon Hunter. Just go right down the list. Uh, Demon Hunter, the big thing that they lost is Chaos Nova. That's the five mana deal four damage to everything. You no longer have to worry about Chaos Nova. Does that help? Uh, I guess. Like, if you're really trying to go for that breakpoint, um, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I rarely found myself playing against Chaos Nova, against Demon Hunter, in any rotation. Um, but... It is a kind of a unique card. Yep. Uh, um, I think that's it for Demon Hunter. Oh, uh, well, what they replaced it with. We should talk about what they replaced it with. Oh, they replaced okay. it with Immolation Aura, which is two mana, deal one damage to all minions twice. That's a good card. Um, yeah. It's a really good card because it is... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, what, 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 what potion was that? Was that a potion? The the mage deal two damage Volcanic? to everything. Volcanic? Yeah, Volcanic Potion. So it's like a Volcanic Potion for, for two mana. And it deals the damage twice, which is usually better than dealing than dealing just two damage to deal one damage twice. So, so yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still just two damage. And we can now just kind of consistently deal two damage to everything with neutral, right? So it's not like a thing to really specifically worry about for Demon Hunter. All right. Uh, Druid didn't lose that much but also didn't gain that much that's really it for druid we don't All have right, to next talk yeah we don't have to talk much about that let's um talk about hunter yeah let's talk about hunter i think that really one of the biggest considerations is uh the secrets that are out and the secrets that are in because you always want to be aware of secrets right um so snake trap is out um and then what's in is wandering monster uh, and cat trick so these these are two that you know you do want to really think about um but the cars that went out and came in they're not really that impactful um you just mm -hmm. want to retool and, and just like memorize once again what secrets are exactly in because all three of these traps the one that's leaving and the two that are coming in should be in your sort of process of elimination because um, otherwise you can get screwed a little bit yeah and uh, I guess I'll yeah I'll, I'll touch upon it here. Just, I'm not going to do this every time, but we'll do it for Hunter. A lot of the cards like this is coming back. Jeweled Macaw is back. Uh, Jeweled Macaw is a 1-mana one 1-1 one, one beast. Battlecry, add a random beast to your hand. It's now a 1-mana one 1-2. One, 
So they did a lot of these where they took classes that had these cards where it says add a random blah into your hand that used to be one mana one ones. They made them all one mana two twos and put them into the core set. It's not a huge deal. They, they're very good cards. They were very good cards. They're even better cards now that they have two health instead of one. Um, but overall, in the course of the standard meta, they're not like game changing or anything. But RNG is definitely going up in this new core set. That is going to be a consistent theme. Um, and on the power level side for Hunter, you get Doggy Biscuit, 2 mana, give a minion plus 2 plus 3, and it has that tradable tag that gives you rush if you trade it. Like, it's just a very powerful card. Um, it's nothing special, but um, it like it's Doggy Biscuit, but you don't have to buff a beast. You can buff anything. And that is something that Hunters typically can't do. So it's giving Hunter this like extra dimension into its core set. Yep. Um, okay. Mage is next. Mage is big. They really changed Mage. Um, it is the only class that is getting less RNG. Thank God. Because Mage was too RNG uh, last year. So Flamestrike is gone. That's an epic, but it's discoverable, right? So it's just gone now. Um, and Ethereal Conjurer is also gone. That's one that actually discovers the spell. It's not like a super powerful card or anything, but we're lowering the amount of discovering spells. Um, Cone of Cold is gone, Pyromaniac is gone, uh, um, not big deals, except that Pyromaniac is big. And what's coming back in is nothing remotely as good as those cards. Firelands Portal is coming back. That is no longer a good card. That is like a totally normal average card. Fire Sail is coming back. Fire Sail is the tradable fire spell that deals three damage to everything. It's like a Hellfire. Well, we've um, been seeing Fire Sail in the meta right now. Yes. Yeah. So yes. It, it, it's, it's going to feel like the same thing yeah yeah like that's one of the things right a lot of the cards coming back are stormwind and stormwind has been in the actual arena meta for a long time um okay and then arcane artificers coming back thing guys is coming back whatever uh the, the the big point is that you don't have to worry about flame strike anymore it's gonna be um, huge yeah and we'll, we'll, I guess like I'll, I'll break the news to you guys right now. Uh, Fire Cell is 4 mana. Uh, Hellfire is going to be 3 mana now. They buffed Hellfire. And Consecration, which is next in the Paladin, is also going to be 3 mana. So that 4 mana Consecration is now 3 mana. Um, just... That's what I mean when I say Fire Cell is not that powerful. Like, it's it's kind of lagging behind the power curve of uh of the the more recent power creeps you're actually paying for that tradable like you're yeah. you're you're paying for that tradable uh ability and, and when the hell do you ever play pay for the tradable ability like never yeah never uh okay speaking of paladins paladins lost like all of their secrets i don't exactly know what's left because they're losing no, no they're, they're, there's no more secrets left they oh got yeah. Rid of all the paladin secrets in core, paladins have no secrets anymore. Well, yeah, in core, but like I, f I forgot if because uh, I haven't looked through like the the entire. Oh, well, list it's going to depend on the. It's going to be depend on the rotation, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I just mean what... in this upcoming rotation. Like I'm not know. sure, but it's going to be really bare. But it, it, remember what rogues were when they first rolled out secrets. You're like, I wonder what this is. It's going to be the same thing because um, right now. Um, I'm not saying there's like huge considerations, but between so the secrets are leaving reckoning, avenge, and noble sacrifice. You have to think sometimes. Um, they're losing outdoor peacekeeper. That's pretty big, mm -hmm. but mm 
The outer peacekeeper effect these days isn't unique anymore. Like, Paladin's ability to neutralize um, kind of one thing uh, that was, you know, they, they had multiple ways to do it already. But what they're gaining are a couple of uh, standouts from way before. So, Muster for Battle, which right now is. Muster! Yeah, I, I know, a classic. So, Muster for Battle used to be the world beater. I would say, yes. I would say it was, so hear me out, it was the, the first card that really made people kind of like rage. Um, it was the first S-tier card. Yeah, it was like the first real S-tier, like you play it on, and, and, and I would say a card like this has to be sort of early game, right? It kind of has to yes. be a little bit early game. Um, yeah, it was that first card in which, you know, the, the Pound and drops muster on three, you're just like, god damn it. It doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't matter what you had on the board, the game's just kind of over. Yeah. So, um, and now it's back, and it's good. That's it. It's, yeah. It's, it's good. It's, it's fine. It's, it's like, fine. it was an S-tier card back then, right? Yeah, and back you know, then. It's not an um, S-tier card. I mean, it's for... It's your normal, like, A-tier card for Paladin, right? Which is good. Very good. You're, you're happy to draft it nowadays. Um, and then, of course, you, you have a buffed Hammer of Wrath, so instead of four mana, it's now three mana for three damage draw card, which is fine. It's like... It's fair these days. It's fair. This is a very fair card, right? And, of course, like, they couldn't bring back four mana Hammer of Wrath because that would be, <laughs> uh, complete poop. Yeah. What's poop. that, um, what's that Hunter card? Four mana, deal four damage uh, to a minion. Oh, Mark Shot? Uh, discover a spell. Yeah, Mark Shot. This is like Mark Shot, only instead of discovering a spell, you're drawing a card. You're drawing a card. three damage can go face. Yes. Um, so, you know, it varies. Uh, and then a buffed Grime Street Outfitter. Remember? Oh. Uh, so, Grime Street Outfitter used to be 2 mana 1 1 battle cry, give all minions in your hand, plus 1 plus 1. Now it's a 2 mana 2 2, give all minions in your hand, plus 1 plus 1. That's a huge 1 1 buff. Ridiculous. That's a buff. ridiculous 1 1 buff. Uh, like, I, I understand if they didn't want to bring it back as just a 1 1. Um, I don't know if I would have buffed this to two two. It's it's kind of scary as a two two. Um, you're like it's it's very scary. Is it like S tier levels of problematic? I don't know. No. I haven't done the math, but it's close. It's like A plus tier at least. It's it's real. It's real good now. Um, you like if you guys remember this used to be okay if you dropped it on two and that was like anti tempo right like that. But you you make up for it and now the amount of times in which. You just get away with it because of the extra 1-1 one, one, uh, is real scary. And I also understand there's tons of comeback mechanisms now, but we can't just say that stats don't matter. So th this 1-1, one, one, I think, uh, is, is going to be pretty huge. Um, so Paladins, it's just real interesting change. Like, they have a lot of, like, a, an actual real change. Unlike something like Druid in which nobody gives a damn about the cars that left and the cars that came in. Hunters didn't really it just keep keep track of the secrets. Uh, Paladins lost some power and and some interesting cards and gained uh, some some power and some gained interesting a cards. lot of power. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they gained like, a decent amount. The secrets are not good, right? Like just, just the secrets are never good, and all the cards coming back are good. Hammer of Wrath is like an A tier card. Uh, Master uh, Muster for Battle is an A tier card. Uh, Hand of a Doll coming back also that's an A tier card. Grind Shoot Outfitter A tier card at least like. Yeah, they lost Aldor, which is an A-tier card in and of itself. But they're gaining back four A-tier cards that three of them are common. Aldor, by the way, was a rare. 
Like, yep. this is a big power boost for Paladin in the core set, which is exactly what we need in the arena. Um, but it just means that, like, I like it kind of when the core sets are pow- uh, cards are powerful, the core set class cards are powerful, because what it means is that they're going to likely nerf down either the core set powerful cards or they're going to nerf down the expansion cards for Paladin, which are even more ridiculous always, because Paladin is like kind of the arena class. Yeah, true. It is It is kind of the arena class. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about Priest. Um, all right. So Priest is actually losing um, seven cards and gaining seven cards back, but none of them really matter. Uh, the, they're losing Norshar Cleric, which like it's just hasn't been good since it's been back. That was a card that was like the Priest card back in the day, one of like the defining four Priest cards. And it just didn't do much since it's come back. The whole game has moved on way faster than that. You can't hero power stuff anymore to any effect um, for Priest. So it's not like a big loss or anything. But it, it does change their ability to like well, cards, I guess. They're they're getting like the 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 other version of Norshire Cleric. They're get they're getting Crimson Clergy, right? Yeah. The one mana one three overheal draw a card. Um, so it's not, you know, you, you, you can't just heal anymore. You have to overheal. Um, and you have to overheal, like, you have to overheal the thing or just any overheal? How does overheal what do you, work? What do you mean? Like, do you have to overheal the Crimson Clergy or can you overheal any of your minions and overheal will trigger on all of your overheal minions? Oh, I thought it was any. I thought it, like, it was anything. Oh, I so. thought it was, you have to overheal that specific minion. Hmm. I don't know. I guess chat will tell us, and we'll tell you, because uh, that's what we do. We just uh, we just tell you what chat tells us live. Um, oh, you have to heal the clergy. I'm wrong. You have to heal the clergy. So it's like Norshard Cleric was already not a great card uh, in, in Arena these days, and now you've replaced it with an even worse card. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's significantly worse in, in that case. Um, yeah. The one card that uh, I think is going to be a little bit annoying slash problematic, they buffed Shadow Ascendant. A little bit. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, They buffed Shadow Ascendant in the worst way possible by giving it extra health. (laughs) Um, So it's a, if you guys remember, it used to be a two mana two two at the end of your turn. Give another random from a minion plus one plus one. Uh, This could just snowball. and once again, I understand the power level is is higher these days. It can still snowball um, because what can happen is you are, have more powerful responses, right? More ready, readily available yeah. responses. And if you get one of these down with other minions, if you get two of these down, oh my gosh! And they just keep buffing each other. Uh, it could just be a, a little bit too much here. So them buffing it from a two-two to a two-three. I hate this. I really don't like this. Yeah. This is dangerous. This is terrible for the arena. Um, it's super terrible for the arena if you ever go into a wild rotation. This card is now unstoppable in a wild rotation, uh, which is... In, in the standard rotation, does it matter? It doesn't really matter. That's why they buffed Grime Street Outfitter. That's why this card got buffed. It's because 1-1 one, one of extra, like, on-curve or questionably on-curve, like, maybe RNG-ish on-curve uh, stats... It just doesn't matter that much these days. Like, think about the current meta. Like, what if I told you, we'll take three of your, you know, two drop, three drop, or four drops, just three of them at random, and we'll give them plus one, plus one of stats. Uh, And in return, we're going to force you 
to like I don't know, put a ye- it's three Yetis in your deck. You wouldn't take that trade because Yetis suck. Like you would just rather just take three random cards that they offer to you. Um, because you want to be building those synergies. That's how you win. You want your chances at the really good cards. That's how you win. You're not winning with Yetis and plus one, plus one over curve cards. So that's how they're thinking about it when they're redesigning these cards a little bit and buffing them up. But that logic does not apply at all in any shape or form if you go to a wild rotation. So as soon as a wild rotation comes, like Outfitter and Ascended are going to be like the best cards in the class. And if they get dropped on curve and they don't get immediately removed, or in the Outfitter's case, if you don't, if it doesn't immediately have like a, a whole bunch of like, you know, cards that can follow up, like a three drop, a four drop, a five drop, you are in big trouble as the opponent. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about Rogue and. I, oh my gosh. I have been waiting for this moment. Um, <laughs> I might actually play a few rogue games um, really? because of because of I mean I say that I'm, I'm lying to you guys but I shouldn't <laughs> lie to you guys um, rogue got back fan of knives I couldn't be happier fan of knives back in the old old days even when it was three mana and now it's two mana two mana to deal one damage to all enemy minions and draw a card oh my gosh mm. Even back when it was three mana, um, there were metas in which uh, I talked about before. I'm like, Fan of Knives is the best card that rogues have. Yes. Like in this meta. Yes. It's easily it just crazy. the best card. Mm-hmm. It was crazy because Fan of Knives has always been overcosted. It like, is technically overcosted. Yes. Even at launch, you're like, you should not be three mana. Like maybe you shouldn't be two mana at launch, but you should not be three mana. And yet, throughout the life of this card, it's always been one of the best cards of the rogue whenever it's been in the meta. It's just, it's because when you need to deal that one damage to a bunch of stuff, Rogue can't do it, and it kills Rogue. Yes. So, uh, these days, there's a lot of neutral cards that does that, Um, uh, Bunker Sergeant uh, being the the big one, but now Rogues have that, like, baseline guarantee, at least, of like, hey, we can at least Phantom Knives. So, super happy this is back. Eviscerate's back. That didn't get a buff. Uh, Eviscerate is Eviscerate. Um, they got like a secret package back. Uh, they have ambush, the plagiarize, and cheat death now. So good for good for them there. Um, I, I will say this: they at least brought back the good secrets for uh, for for. Arena. They did, yeah. Um, these are these ambush are, has always been a good one. Uh, they gave rogues like their best secrets, um, and and they gave them um, ones that I think rogues would be happy to pick from, and you can like create some st- uh, difficult situations for your opponent um because otherwise th- that's the problem with rogue secrets if you don't have enough of them and if some of them are the shitty ones anyways um you don't present any issues because you don't have to play around like the bad secrets um what's notable like what what's leaving is a plague scientist this is yeah. big that's probably mm-hmm. the biggest loss for rogues um where yeah they have hard removals but it's like i mean how many assassinates are you going to have plus assassinates aren't even like amazing right um but plague scientists really just gave you this tempo boost 
Uh, not to, only is Plague Scientist gone, Cold Blood is also gone. Cold Blood, is, Cold Blood gone. is at all good anymore, but you've just gotten rid of all the baseline rogue abilities to buff stuff. So yeah. You're like removing this element of rogue that they were like, we're just not interested in this anymore for, for this year at least. Yep. All right. Um, um, yeah, so the one last big change in Rogue is that Sprint is out and Elven Minstrel is in. Um, Sprint just kept getting reduced mana and reduced mana. It started out 7, then it was 6, now it's 5. Uh, Elven Minstrel has always been better. It's always been a really good card. Uh, Sprint has always been borderline unplayable no matter how much they buffed it. So you're going to see Rogues be better at drawing cards than they were before. And Rogues were never that bad at drawing cards. So this is like quite a significant buff. Uh, and Elven Minstrel is not only coming back, it's also getting buffed when it comes back. So it used to be a 4-mana 3-2 combo, draw 2 minions from your deck. It's now a 4-mana 3-3 combo, draw 2 minions from your deck. Yep. Mm. I don't, like, the thing with the draw is uh, you have so much draw nowadays. Um, so... I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? No. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's a good change. It gives the rogue more draw. You're, if you're looking at the standard meta, like nothing really matters because your deck kind of doesn't even matter that much. It's just it's just about what what your pandas and your scorpids do for the most part. Unless you're mage, then you have like three more. Oops, sorry, three more. Six more uh, additional pandas and scorpids and viziers in your class. Uh, but a lot of the other classes, uh, you know, you, 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 you still do rely on card draw somewhat. And more importantly, when you're not in the standard meta, when you go back to the wild meta at whatever point, this is going to be huge. The difference between a sprint in your arsenal and an elven minstrel in your arsenal is going to be huge. Okay, um, let's talk about shamans. Uh, shaman is one of the <laughs> sort of least exciting ones. They lose Maelstrom Portal, uh, and they lose Tidal Surge. I, I would say Tidal Surge is probably one of the more important losses. Anything that has lifesteal, um, and uh, Tidal Surge, if you've noticed, has just become a better and better card throughout kind of the, the life cycle of Hearthstone. When it first came out, well, uh, first of all, remember, when it first came out, it was like four mana. So four mana for deal four damage to a minion and lifesteal was not great uh it was then buffed to three mana and then that lifesteal is really relevant these days and a lot mm -hmm. of the times when you were pushing the shaman they either generate the title surge or they you know just have it and top deck it um it's crushing because it kills one of your minions life steals and then you just kind of can't get there and shamans always have ways to sort of remove and, and clear and rush you know with um but they lose that which i think is bigger than probably what people will, will will think it is but they gain basically nothing they gain like really nothing of note um so shamans it's not like they lost a ton of what made them shamans um but they certainly didn't gain anything important yeah they lost manatai totem too they eh. ancestral knowledge neither of these are particularly important uh shamans still can't draw in case you're wondering. Um, so they'll still run out of cards. They're still the most I'm-gonna-run-out-of-cards class in this entire game. Yep. Okay, let's talk about a class that matters. <laughs> Warlock. 
Here is what they lost. Oh, Nothing. <laughs> they lost <laughs> things. You don't give a damn about these things that they lost, okay? You just you just don't. They lost things that diluted your draft pool. You do not give a damn what yeah, what, what they lost. What they gained, first of all. They gained a great demon package, right? In in Void Caller, first of all, that uh kind of if there is enough demons, Void Caller is pretty good. So you're going to have to see in terms of all of the pools, right? But in core, they made sure that there is a good demon to go with it, and that's Enhanced Dreadmore, which is uh, an 8-mana 5-7 demon with Taunt, Death Rattle, Summon a 5-5 Dreadmore with Lifesteal. We've seen this before. It's really annoying. Um, it's just a ton of stats. The second part has Lifesteal. Perfect for Warlocks. Perfect for what they want. Malganus is a legendary. As to how easy it will be to get legendaries, uh, that's yet to be seen, right? In terms of whatever generation there is, of course Discover it is a legendary minion. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. True. Um, it is certainly easier today, uh, or not, by today I mean in this next meta than it was uh, in other met metas to get legendaries. So there's also Malganus. So Void Caller into like a Malganus. Ah, uh, yeah. That could be possible. Void Caller into Enhanced Dreadmore. That could be possible. And if you want to push them, they have Defile. Defile, Defile is now is back. in Yay. core. Yes. One of the most powerful class cards of all time. Just, and, and you know, like, class card that's not like a big legend. You know, we're not talking about Godfrey, right? Like, I think that's always the mm -hmm. example of, like, okay, if you want to talk about the actual, like, most powerful card of all time, you're, you're getting into some really big legendary territory. Um, but and those aren't core. <laughs> yet. Uh, those are not core yet. But Defile has its place among, you know, if we're talking about class cards, yeah, this is, this is like, just one of the most powerful clears most unplayable around or not unplayable around um hard to play around without punishing yourself heavily you know mm -hmm. um that's the problem you can think about defile if you guys remember when defile was in the meta you can think about defile a lot sometimes a few times you could make the damage such that you don't get immediately wrecked by defile like you would leave two minions low and the others a little bit higher right now of course this could all be for for not if uh they just put the the bridging hp mm -hmm. minion out there and then to defile they can do that um or you also have to think well does this just weaken my board against other stuff too much um you always have to balance that out that was just really annoying and because a lot of the times you're you're just thinking to yourself i can't really play around to file i want to keep this minion around um if they have it they have it it's just a little bit too powerful um and then they have it, and then you lose. Uh, I hate the fact that this is in core. A card this powerful should not be in core. Discovering it's spells... It's not even the, like, powerful. It's just the swing and the weirdness yeah. of it. Like, when it came out, like, this was before uh, Hearthstone got that creative. Everybody was, like, celebrating how awesome and how fun this card was. And I was just sitting there being like, I guess you guys just like, like, adding numbers to, like, by ones and twos on every single thing that could possibly be on your board and playing. Because this card is a headache to play around. 
This card is even a headache to play, but it's a much bigger headache to you, play. You know what's also funny? Your uh, favorite and, and best neutral card is also coming back, Mermy. And you, Mermy. And Mermy, first of all, Mermy is now, if you guys didn't know, it's now an undead Murloc. Double tags. Okay. Wait, really? Yeah, it's it's an undead Murloc. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, yes. I'm like, well, are, if you're surprised by this, I'm surprised oh, that you're surprised. Uh, so, not only does it have two tags for it to work with, uh, if you draft it in Warlock, it's not just a great one drop. It doesn't just have double tags. Oh, it God, is the best target. defile. Yeah, it's oh. the best defile starter ever, right? Yeah. You can think you're safe. You're never safe against defile and the best neutral in the game. Mermaid. So yeah. uh, this is th this is extremely problematic. Um, Warlock having this in core, I'm not going to say it always makes him a threat because <laughs> the expansions are so sick right now. Uh, the adjustments are so impactful right now if and when they happen. Um, but Defile, it just is not a healthy thing in any meta. It's just it just not isn't. fun. It's, it's not two fun. two mana, it wipes the board. Like, even by today's standards, that's way too much. Oh yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's insane. Um, and if anything, it's kind of even more powerful these days with these weird boards, right? Defile yeah. is great with weird boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and to finish it off, there's one more spell coming back. It's Spare Bomb. One well, mana, deal four damage to a minion. Um, and your hero. And your hero. Yeah. So it's quite a price to pay, but really good tempo. It's a, it's a um, lot to pay now. Um, that yes. four health is a lot. Uh, your, your health matters these days more than ever before um I, if you watch streamers a lot of times you'll see that they're reluctant to even take like five damage to the face in the early mid game a lot of times that's correct like you know you don't you don't want to take that damage um e even though it's like oh it would save a small minion or something you can just see that the game way that the game is trending um, and that 4-5 damage in the mid-game and how that translates into pressure and significantly less card advantage for you due to that pressure. Mm -hmm. um, people are just getting better at recognizing that, but it's also um, just becoming more apparent because of the, the flips involved, uh, the, the power level. Um, that 30 health feels smaller than ever before, so you just have to hold on to, to all of your HP whenever you can. Yep. Um, I want to point out one more thing before we move on from Warlock, which is about the Void Caller. This is the only card that's coming back that is a really, really, really big scale multiplier on a combo. Like, the other cards that come back, you get, like, little bits of advantages if you combo it well. Um, you have, like, you know, some cards that uh, are clearly designed for a certain particular synergy or whatever. But they didn't really bring back a lot of other cards that really take you to town on a synergy, right? Where it's like kind of a build around a uh, card if you are, let's say, in standard, uh, like in, in regular play, not arena, in uh, limited formats. Uh, sorry, in unlimited formats. Uh, in constructed formats. Yep. I just woke up. Um, so, but Void Caller is one of those cards, which. In this arena environment, especially if they keep developing towards this area, although it's a little hard to like think of what they can do in the arena, but this design team clearly likes these kinds of little combos. And they have had a decent amount of success in making these smaller, 
combos like actually work in arena um like the evolution of the synergy picks has become a real thing and they didn't change anything about the uh the picks outside of uh um outside of death knight uh what they did uh instead was just to build enough space into the overall meta for card draws for discovers and for ways for you to piece all these things together to get your combos and that's where void caller can be really dangerous depending on the meta like really dangerous because this is not a oh i piece together a little bit of a combo i get a little bit of a benefit this is oh i piece together a bit of a combo it's not even that hard to piece together i get very close to winning the game on this neutral card in a very easy combo to piece together yep like this is hugely dangerous depending on the meta um all right let's talk about warrior uh warrior and lost um a couple of like decent cars but the biggest one is losing gorehow you know um yeah. they lost gorehow they gained some pretty good cards i mean they gained like uh sword eater just one of the best cards of all time winner. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sword Eater, one of the best cars that they, they've ever had. Um, and probably just, like, one of the, the best common class cards of all time, right? Um, mm -hmm. They gained front, uh, Frightened Flunky, uh, amazing card. Two mana, two, two taunt, discover a taunt minion. Um, huge amount of sustain, huge amount of value, uh, fantastic. They lost, like, you know, Fiery War Axe, which is meh, and gained woodcutter's axe which is just better <laughs> which is just better better card i mean fiery war axe i don't know why it's not two mana i know at this point it, it should be at like, this point it's fine um fiery war axe is definitely not what it used to be um they gained dynomatic which is good dynomatic is good it's good it's good like dynomatic if you don't remember is the five mana three four that battlecry deal five damage randomly split among all minions except mechs mm -hmm. so that's like five very precise damage to your opponent's board if you don't have a board. Or if you have a board, you can throw your board into your opponent's and you'll kill your side off. And that is the exact kind of thing that warriors can't do. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know, they also gain Blade Storm, uh, three uh, mana, deal one damage to all minions, repeat until one dies. Okay. I mean, let's, it's it's a conditional. Let's talk board. about Blade Storm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no! I just mean like the, I, I didn't mean that we actually want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean it's an epic card. It is a it is a conditional, really big board clear. So that's look. Those are all the classes. Um, some are are pretty meh. Uh, Druid is probably the most meh. Like you know, you blink and and you don't even realize something has changed. Um, some are big changes uh, in terms of them losing powerful cards, gaining powerful cards, um, Paladin. Uh, some really just lost a good amount. Mage did. I don't think people would mind that. <laughs> um, there are big winners as well, like Warlock. Warlock is a huge winner in, in this core set mm -hmm. change. Uh, and I think people are, may, well, they might be okay with that because Warlock has been pretty weak recently. Um, but this is what the core looks like. This is probably the the just the most important change right expansions will come and go but uh every single year and this is year of the wolf um you're going to see these cards in core yep 
Um, the only one change that I think we kind of glossed over or skipped um, that I would mention here is that Hex has been buffed again. It's now restored to its old 3 mana Hex days, um, which, you know, that feels that feels fine. It's fine. Um, like, we're, we're at the point at which single target removals can just be like 2 mana and it doesn't even matter, much less 3 mana. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like, uh, single target... Uh, unconditional quote unquote removal being three mana and conditional removal being two mana that's fine i mean that that's mm-hmm. that's fine that's uh, that's kind of where we've been for years so yeah. we um, now have priest cards with like one mana remove most of the minions destroy most of the minions of the game yes right like deal deal the attack to its own health yeah right? the that's light right. it burns yeah um, and it's a really really good priest card but it's not like a s tier card nobody complains like, about just... the light it burns no yep um that's fine because once again it just goes to this theme that responsive cards even if they're op are never as problematic as kind of like tempo setters Mm -hmm. okay that's it anything else i'm ready to end this um no um not not that much not that much else um i guess we should talk about some of the yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll, you guys will see it, right? A lot of the cards got buffed, too. Like, Savannah Highmain has an extra attack now for no reason. I, like, I don't want to go through... Because, like, okay. those things, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Fair. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's Corset. Take it for what it's worth. Um, if the next expansion is a standard meta, the Corset really won't matter that much. But it's just lurking there. Whenever you get a wild meta, you're going to start <laughs> really feeling all the all these corset changes. Um, all right. Question from the GOAT. We have another weekend now of Diablo 4. Any updates on your thoughts? I don't want to make this a huge discussion, but we should we should provide a little bit uh, a little bit more on this Diablo Four thing, especially because we have some time. Yeah. Well, I I gotta go soon, but um, no, well, look, I haven't played it. I, I think the general consensus from the community. Oh, you didn't play this weekend? No, no, I didn't play. So, uh, oh, okay. but I mean, the general consensus from the community is uh, everybody's really excited about it. Like, the feel is that. The team got it right. Now, nobody really mm-hmm. knows what the end game is, but I think everybody uh, is very convinced that no matter what is going to happen, it's going to be a fun campaign. You're going to have a good time with it, and it just will not be um, the, the the shit show, like the, the from beginning to end shit show that D3 was. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Diablo 3's open beta was the biggest disappointment. And the game turned out fine. And then there was no end game. And then the auction house screwed everything over. Diablo 4 is, looks to be avoiding all of that. I'm not even just talking... I'm not one of those people that cares, like, that much about this whole, like, dark mood kind of thing. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, the community is generally happy with it. I do like it better than the Diablo 3 one. But the big thing is that they were so confident with this game... They gave us an entire act. This is a quarter of the game, just like free to everybody. And they're like, we're so confident about this game that we're just going to give a quarter of the entire game out for free. And then we're going to trust you all to spend like a hundred bucks and buy the other three quarters of the game. Because I think likely that they expect the end game to be significantly, significantly played because they put some things in there. Because otherwise, you would never give away a quarter of your game yep. as any kind of like in, inducement to buy the game. 
it's just such a huge percentage. So I don't know what's in the end game. Uh, it could be a, it could be really bad, right? It could have just messed up. But there's gonna be stuff, and the campaign, they can't mess it up. Like at this point, we've seen what it feels like. We've seen how the progression goes. We've seen the itemizations. Uh, we've seen like the voice acting and the storyline. Like the story could be shit going forward. They could mess everything else else up that they like, you know, can that you can imagine, and it will still be a great campaign by far the best campaign of any diablo game and that's that's good to know because at diablo 3 after the beta i was very not convinced that would be better than diablo 2's campaign and after playing through the diablo 3 campaign it was like maybe as good as the diablo 2 campaign which was like from i don't know like so many years before diablo 3 like it was like 10 years before diablo 3 and they just like did not do enough so I'm I'm glad that this is not that this is not going in that same direction. Like this is this is very promising. Agreed. Uh, pre-order it, play it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you're wondering about your computers, I we have our old streaming computer. I have it set up. It's brand new computer uh, now. It's my wife's computer, and uh, we downloaded it just to kind of try to run it. That's a computer from eight years ago that was middle of the line when we bought it. And like a gaming, middle line gaming PC. Um, and it runs the game on medium. 60 frames per second, no problem. So this game is scale, also scales down to older tech way better than I thought. Like I was expecting that computer to like barely be able to run it at lowest settings. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, we'll have one more podcast next week before the big uh card evaluation stream for the next expansion and uh yeah until then this is Adwikta. this is Murps. see ya see ya Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week. <laughs>